Welcome into Warps, the Unnecessary Star Trek podcast. Did anyone ask for this? Absolutely not. I'm Aaron. <laughs> I'm Sean. I'm Matt. I'm Jake. And I'm me. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> Nobody did ask for it. <laughs> Nobody's true. ever asked for it. I mean, <laughs> That's certainly true. There's some, some people who asked us not to. Right? <laughs> We've been exactly. asked to stop several times. Quite the opposite. Today's a very special episode, right? Yeah, cue who, guys? Uh, Introducing it? the Borg. Even I heard the of the Borg. <laughs> now, you had heard of the Borg because you've heard us I know. Talk I was like, wait, the it's Borg. introducing the Borg? We haven't seen the Borg? Because I know the term the Borg, so like... Right. What? But you didn't have a picture in your mind of what a Borg looked no. like. No. When you saw them for the first time, were you like, oh, I've seen that pic- I've seen that before? Or were you like, I've never seen that before? I've never seen that before. Mm-hmm. You're, you're just like Captain yeah. Picard. You've never seen anything like this before. Right. You, you should have identified very strongly with this episode because just like the gang, you are being introduced to a brand new uh, group of characters. It felt like was. that. It felt good, you guys. I, I like to think of the Borg as a single character because they share a hive mind. <laughs> yeah, okay. yeah, he's a hive mind. <laughs> One of these days, if we ever get there and we watch... Uh, Star Trek uh, First Contact, I will tell you about the long and um, involved conversation I once had many years ago uh, with our old pal Harry Teplitz, who took strong offense to the way the Borg were portrayed in that movie and how it was a betrayal of the established configuration of how the Borg work. Uh, by introducing the Borg Queen. Yes, he felt like the Borg Queen was uh, a real uh, a real disaster. He thought it ruined the movie essentially. <laughs> it was a funny conversation, but yeah, but you're not wrong, Jake. People take this shit seriously. Yeah. yeah I guess we just be the first to say, oh boy. Oh boy. <laughs> That's my oh boy. Well, actually, it's not a topic oh boy that sure. I've stolen. Uh, so we are watching what season two, episode sixteen. Sean, what's you the? Who? Yeah, we got uh, forty-five minutes and thirty-one seconds on the clock, and I'm punching the triangle in three, two, one, punch. Yeah. So this is the first Q episode I've actually seen. Okay. And I'm like, this dude is campy as hell, and I oh, like it. He oh, is yeah. the best. Yeah. He is the best bad guy. They've because it's he, a shame they never made a Q movie. I will set it for a long. That's it's amazing they never made a Q movie. They could theoretically so come back. I mean, he John Delancey sure. is still alive. Still alive. He, he just had his birthday the other day. He Happy could be birthday, Picard John someday. He could be on Star Trek Picard someday. And I learned that he plays Kristen Ritter's dad in Breaking Bad. That's where I, I was like, when I was, oh, him, yeah. I was like, who is he? I've seen his face. We talked yeah. about that. That's right. funny. Earlier That's funny because shows. when I see when I watched Breaking Bad, I went, oh my god, it's Q. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, Q who? <laughs> One thing I would always put John Delancey was a longtime uh, uh, character on Days of Our Lives. Um, oh, I wow. that's where I knew him from when before I saw him at, before, before yeah when I saw him as Q I was like oh there's that the, he was on Days of Our Lives mm. oh no um, she's gonna blow it no, no, no. 
that a, so this lady was supposed to be a possible uh, romantic oh. angle <laughs> with Jordy, but they should can the character after two episodes. Okay. Oh, is she like she's into Jordy? That's what that was. Uh, yeah, you know, and in, in so much as that he's such a good engineer. Uh huh. But they clearly are like trying to start a friendship between them. Yeah, uh, they're vibing I mean, a bit. Eventually, they were like, "This is not worth our time. Let's right. move on." Yeah. When I this, I looked up this actress, and her, I think, <laughs> thing that I remember her from is she plays the hooker in a Lethal Weapon, whose house gets blown up. Oh, okay. She also played the uh, three boobed prostitute. Oh, in is she? Total Recall. Oh, I remember her. Well, that's uh, great credit. That's a good one. Yeah. That's a good one. Uh, yeah, uh, I saw that she was in Total Recall. I did not, and I she was. I knew she. She had to be one of the hookers. I did not read up that she was the three boob so hooker. She's been typecast as a three boob prostitute. Uh, yep. Well, that and is... here's I read I I read an article. What? <laughs> I and uh, on our new segment, May reads an article. I read an article. Play the jingle. Play the jingle. <laughs> yeah, insert jingle that to be produced by May later. <laughs> it's a new rule I've come up with. Whenever you introduce the jingle, it's your job to you're responsible for it. There it is. Here's a place to start. Uh, A R T I C L E article. <laughs> you you you'll put your spin on it. We'll workshop. Anyways, it. <laughs> uh, so I found an article where they were talking about how they put one in the new version, new in quotes version of Total Recall, where I guess that Colin Firth was in it. So they interviewed her about it, and they're like, "How do you think? <laughs> what do you think about this?" And she was just talking about her experience. You know, doing it and how it wasn't her real boobs. It was a whole chest piece that was yeah, made cool. and they're all prosthetics. And then they're like, do you have any advice for the new chick who's going to be like the new three boob lady? She's like, uh, congratulations. You get a, uh, you can have all the horny sci-fi nerds. <laughs> <laughs> She's like, I'm passing them on to you. Good riddance. <laughs> do you think boobs are I just better? Wanna, I just want to quickly point out that it, it it it's Colin Farrell, not Colin Firth. Although oh, I would yes. love to see a Colin Firth movie. That will be Colin Firth. That would be a huge the upgrade. Novel it's based on Colin Firth would be more likely that character as it's written in the book than either Colin Farrell or Arnold Schwarzenegger. <laughs> oh dang! Because his characters are always really nerdy in the books. The same with uh, the do androids dream of electric sheep. Uh, the the like that character in the books is not Harrison Ford at all. Mm. <laughs> but they always play the leads as like in movies. It's always got to be like an alpha male type to be the lead. You can't have like a nerdy unless it's Woody Allen movies. Question: mm-hmm. Is three better than two? No, because you can only hold two at a time. You only got two hands. Yeah. The third one's just there doing nothing. The third one is for your face. <laughs> Clear, obviously. I mean, right? I don't know. That guy in Total Recall says uh, it makes me wish I had a third arm. Well. 
The debate continues. <laughs> I think in general, the answer is no. Three is not better than two. I'm just disappointed in, in, that I saw three of her two, three of her boobs and none of them were hers. It's kind of... What's, what's, <laughs> the, what's the classic uh, t-shirt you buy in Mexico? What's how are boobs and margaritas the same? One's not enough and three's too many. Nice. Sometimes I like odd numbers and aesthetics, but I think sometimes I need even numbers. Like in I'm an even I'm an even number. I'm an even number advocate, I think. Yeah. Are there are there trigon females and do they have three boobs? What's a trigon? It's like remember how there's that three legged dude on the animated series? Well, he had three oh. arms and three legs. Yes. Oh, I'll bet his race had three boobs. Thanks or he him. only had three arms. Yeah. He had two legs, didn't he? No, he had three legs. He yeah, did? He, yes. He had yeah, three they legs. didn't always draw all of them. Yeah, he usually was sitting, but when they had him stand up, he had a third leg. Ah, okay. uh, there she is. Yeah, I'm going to say it again. Whoopi Goldberg has a great profile. Yeah. She's amazing in this episode. Yeah, she really gets to act. I like. I didn't say the spec, like so let me do it real quick. Here. Something. Uh, yeah, season two, episode sixteen. Q who original air date May sixth, nineteen eighty nine. Q tries to prove that Picard needs him as part of their crew by hurling the Enterprise seven thousand light years away, where they encounter the Borg for the first time. So, Aaron, what do you think the IMDb rating of this episode is? Well. I thought it was a great episode. Bam. And I think the the Borg, the hive mind agrees on IMDb. So I'm going to give it a nine. It is a nine. Yeah. <laughs> no, it's a great episode. Guinan yeah. has magic powers. I don't know if we've really talked about this before, yeah. but she's kind of got ESP or something. She, it, they're ill-defined what her powers yeah. actually right. are, but, but she can a, she can it's sense like a, her race type thing. Yeah, her whole race. Her race, race has it. sort of like the Beta Zeds, but not exactly the same. Yeah, and it's more just like she can tell when something's wrong. Like she's yeah. got like spidery. She's got like spidey. Sense, you know? I yeah. think she has near like plot breaking powers that they just don't reveal fully because like Q threatens her and she puts her hands up to him like she could actually potentially stop whatever he's going to do. Yeah. So she right. has the power to stop the power of a god from happening. She right. she acts like she's got a gonna got a hex ready to go or whatever. Exactly. So there's a lot more to her that they don't really go into. It's one of the great things about Guinan is that she's so interesting. It's just yeah. mysterious, and only, right? And they only give you sort of little drips and drabs of what what her it doesn't really matter. You know, it doesn't matter. No, it doesn't. Or, but it, and it just makes her more interesting not to do. Yeah. Like, so I'm, I have my Wikipedia. Uh-huh. It's it out about Guinan and Roger Ebert called her the Enterprise's resident mystic. Mm-hmm. That's about right. Yeah. That's a good assessment. Mm-hmm. Mostly she just gives really good advice and senses when something her- tor- horrible is happening. Yeah. This is the better like, this is the better I- side of it. When she gets to be like, I'm worried, Guinan, instead of just sort of sage advice Guinan. I like them both, but yeah, this one was a special episode. I think it was good. Good I'm worried it's really more Deanna's vibe. Like she's usually the one who's like, 
Yeah. I'm sensing some something yeah, yeah. Uh, happening. But every once in a while, when Whoopi's there, they let Whoopi do it. There's a really great episode in a season or two, Aaron, where Q... So you get the sense from this episode that they have this backstory. She knows Q. Yeah. And there's an episode later on where he shows up on the ship and he's lost all of his powers. And uh, Whoopi Goldberg has a wonderful moment where she stabs him with a fork just Ah. to make sure that he's really telling the truth when he says yeah. he's lost his powers. Okay. She just grabs a fucking, and it's a space fork. It looks all futury, and she grabs it and just stabs him in the hand to make sure he's telling the truth. It's one of Whoopi's best moments on the whole show, uh, I think. Can't wait. It was Whoopi's birthday a couple of days ago, and so a lot of people on Star Trek Twitter were posting their, like, favorite Guinan moments, yeah. and that was yeah. mine. When she yes. stabs him with the fork, a really great yeah. moment. Yeah, that sounds good. You're like uh, that episode. That's a really good one. I find it interesting that they chose to use like one of their base big villains to introduce what is going to become the other big base villain. Arguably much bigger than Q. I mean, sure, the more becomes a bigger problem. Than right, Q but it's just is. interesting that so you normally don't see that. Where it's like the same episode involves two major villains like that. Yeah, it's kind of a clever idea to have Q be sure. the one who causes this whole thing in the first place. Yeah. So this was like originally supposed to be a callback to the the ep- the whole thing about the the parasite that was going through Federation. Yeah, the conspiracy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. So, but then they just they shit canned that and created the board character. Are you sure, or is that some fan wank that they made up, uh, made up after the fact? <laughs> uh, no, I mean, that's like a they, they were gonna the Borg was gonna be part of that storyline. Uh-huh. Uh huh. But they changed it because of <laughs> look, the at oh, yeah. look at her. Look at her. Up behind the bar, badass. Yep. yep. <laughs> uh, he's here. God damn it! That son of a bitch. So Q is really old too. Q is like a, a god, essentially. He's essentially okay. omnipotent and okay. has existed. Oh, existence. you said he's ageless. Yeah, he's like, existed. She's really the old. She's probably like go way back. Okay. Um, There's a whole race of these character of these Qs. Yeah. They're all like sort of infinitely powerful and can do anything they want. They're basically like Greek gods. They've all got weird interpersonal issues with each other. Mm-hmm. Remember how in mythology, like, it was all about, like, Hera being jealous <laughs> because Zeus yeah. fucked some girl down on Earth? And it was kind of like you were kind of yeah. like that. Those Greek stars, I mean, they're the best, really. Look at her. What's going to come out of her fingers? Yeah, uh, she's going to shoot back, it looks like. She's got something up, up her yeah. sleeve. Yep. That's what I'm talking about, man. She can do things. The first time I've ever noticed that her sleeve has, like, a thumb hole to, like, keep it from sliding up her arm. Look at her thumbs. Nice. It's got a little hook on the on the end. Keep what her this, sleeves down. What this tells me is she secretly has the power to solve a lot of the problems that they run into episode to episode, but chooses not to so that they can grow. Yeah, I think yeah. so. Yeah, I think so too. And she's, you know, she's one of those... She clearly could be doing anything she wanted to, but she likes being on the Enterprise and being the bartender, you yeah. know. She could do anything, but this is what she chooses to do because she likes it. 
And she has a backstory with Picard, which is another thing that they leave essentially uh, to the imagination. You never really find out how they met or how they, yeah. why they have this friendship, uh, but they do. And um, well, I guess you do kind of find out in that time travel Mark Twain episode, but because from her perspective, that's the first time they meet, right? Is in that episode. Right. I am getting way down a nerd hole right now. <laughs> I love um, it. So the love idea hearing. that Guinan, the idea that Guinan has, has, histories with both Picard and Q is is pretty interesting. It's That's pretty cool. <laughs> like she knows both of these guys. Yeah. Well, and obviously... Q is, Q's responsible for like he, he like did something bad to Guinan's people once upon a time or something, right? That's why she doesn't like him. I mean, it seems mostly like he doesn't like her. Like he, he's the one that came up saying like her whole race is a bunch of tricksters. Yeah. So I don't know what that is. What 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 race could be of such concern that they vex the queue? You know. Yeah, I am sure that there are novels that have oh, explored sure. all of these questions. Yeah. Uh, I've just never. I just haven't read them. But I'm sure people have written stories about Guinan's backstory and how she knows these guys and all that good stuff. John Delancey is wonderful as Q. I think we can all agree. Aaron, you said you said you'd love, or May said how campy he was. Like, yeah, he's very he's very camp, which I think is a lot of fun. Yeah, he's basically not a villain. He's although he causes a lot of problems. He's basically just like he likes to stir up. He's a drama. He likes likes coming to well run well organized starfleet and just cause a bunch of shit to get stirred up it's hilarious and he secretly you're supposed to i guess secretly feel that he actually is kind of on picard's he's got a crush on picard yeah clearly He's constantly in up in Picard's grill, so he's but he's trying to help them in a yeah. in, in a weird QE yeah. kind of way. He's like right? your mentor. <laughs> he's always trying to be like I could help. I can teach you how to be better than you are right now. And Picard's always like, "We're fine. <laughs> we'll we'll figure this shit out by ourselves." Thank you. <laughs> John Delancey was also great on Breaking Bad since we didn't really talk about it, but that that he's not in it very much. But those those few episodes where he's in it uh, and that scene in the bar with him and Walt is uh, one of the best Breaking Bad moments of all time in a show that is full of amazing moments. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I should rewatch Breaking Bad. I should do a full. <laughs> I'm rewatching so many shows right now. I can't add another one. <laughs> yeah. Uh oh, this show is so good. We're just like watching it. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, the, I, I like how he's like, "Oh, I'm gonna throw a tantrum right now. Yeah, and I'm gonna snap you somewhere." Mm-hmm. He's and- impulsive. Yeah. Like all the Greek gods. They didn't if if they felt like they weren't being treated right, they would just, you know, do something real pissy just yeah. to show that they could. I'm gonna turn you into a swan, motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> I 
Yeah, just just to prove that they can find themselves in situations they're not prepared for. Right. He's just make. He's just like, oh, I'll just. I, he's just trying to make a point. He's just being pissy to make a point. It's very cute. Yeah, it, it's like a problem he could just solve, like without even telling them about it. That's true too. You know, like. They could, if they, he could, if he wanted to, just uh, get rid of the Borg. Yeah. I mean, I don't think that they, I don't think that Picard would allow that, but Q could do it if he wanted to. Right. (laughs) It's just funny, though. Yeah, I love that. It was a great. It was a very like telling scene they did it when they when it was Guinan's first scene, and they just held that shot on her. Yeah, for, that like, was a great scene because Jordy's Jordy's yeah. bullshitting away in the background, talking to Troy about whatever his problems with the ladies, uh, no doubt. That's all he ever talks about with Troy. Troy must hate Jordy, don't you think? No, no, Jordy, Jordy was talking to the new girl. Oh, I thought he was talking to Troy. I thought that yeah. was Troy's, the back of Troy's head. Yeah, that the hair the threw you off. She's got the hair. It was the ensign girl. Okay. Yeah. But my larger point stands. Don't you think Troy probably is tired <laughs> of hearing about Jordy's relationship issues? I'm sure he goes to her all the time. I'm sure that's all <laughs> You're a girl. You know about this stuff. She I, I tells him all the time, you're a dragon, Jordy. It's okay. Just get, yeah. It's okay. You, you love the ship. That's yeah. your problem. I bet whenever he goes to his sessions with Troy, that's all he complains about. So this Borg reminded me of the AllSpark from the Transformer movies. It's like the box that they're all fighting over because it's like, yeah, it's like the the gemstone. It's like the infinity stone of like the Transformer movies. Yeah. That's what I thought. That it reminded true. me of that box that when you open it up, uh, Hellraiser comes out of. Yeah, definitely. I know that box. I I don't have anything contri- to contribute about Transformer. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know that box. Yeah, that box was definitely ripped off from the board box, the Transformer box. Probably. Probably. They, box. they totally ripped that off of the board cube. <laughs> Fucking Michael Bay. Star Trek likes uh, when alien ships are just very geometrical. Like the probe in Star Trek Four was just like a blank cylinder. (laughs) This thing's just a this this thing's just a big old cube. Yep. I like it when ships in in space shows don't have conventional, um, you know, flying. Shapes because well, propulsion means you're yeah, like how the no hell is that thing propels? No air in space. You don't. It doesn't have to be shaped like a rocket. You know, it can be shaped like anything you want it to be. Yeah. There's no friction. So I like it when when space shows are clever enough to remember that fact. Yeah, and Star like, Trek does just, that all the time. Star Wars, not so much. Well, Star yeah, Star Wars. There, everything's shaped like an airplane because it's. Yeah. Because George Lucas was trying to do like aviation, you know, like sure. old 40s aviator yep. type stuff. Oh, there it is. Oh, there he is. This is the first Borg ever to appear on uh, television. Give him a little wiggle with his arm. 
Oh, and, and then the other thing that, that shocked me when I watched this episode was the first person to say the word Borg was Guinan. Oh, really? Yeah. She's like, I know these motherfuckers. She's like, they they're called the Borg. And I was like, they mm-hmm. fucked with her people, too. Yeah. They can- most of her most of her race you that find out that most of her species it was killed by the borg right yeah. you think they'd be a lot more chilled out now if they had sim- assimilated gynan's race <laughs> yeah gynan's race is all about just like having fun and you know yeah and being wise about shit out sounds like the they're still kind of assholes about everything yeah <laughs> oh well it's because of it that was- borg queen <laughs> It would be more interesting if every time you saw them, they were a little bit like different because of something they had absorbed. <laughs> something else they'd absorbed. But they're really angry because they just absorbed a Klingon for the first time or something <laughs> like that, you know? I but mean, that they're would... basically the same all the time. Yeah. <laughs> which is their whole vibe. And they until clearly, that, wherever they were. came along and infuriated Harry Teplitz. <laughs> <laughs> You don't see, like, I know, like, a big thing in, in Picard was that there was this whole cube full of Romulan Borg, but you don't really see other races as the Borg uh, before that. They all look like humans. Yeah, I guess so. Probably because it would be a makeup on top of a makeup. and they Right. Like, What's the point? <laughs> well, yeah, no, I mean, it makes sense why they do, but it is true. No, that's not going to do it. Worf's going to have to shoot harder than that. This is this should be Worf's dream come true. There's something on the ship that I get to fucking shoot. This is what he's been waiting for his entire well, life. You got, got the blast him. He's like, what did you do? Try and stun it? And then he was like, stuns don't work. I'm going to have to shoot it to kill. Oh, that did it. Yeah, he did now. Look at that the way that outfit is made. Yeah. Meanwhile, his uh, Lego Technics arm yep. continues to vibrate. Everyone knows, everyone knows that your Borg parts continue to twitch for 30 seconds. Like when you rip a chicken's head off, you know? If your Borg parts continue to twitch after eight hours, consult them. <laughs> yeah. Borg parts. Your Borg parts. Well, he ripped out his board part. And this is we have that and that and uh, these are going to the board are very market. like uh, Borgs are very like plug and play. Like you can just they have up and, <laughs> and plug them into another one, and they work just fine. Like their teleportation uh, s- uh, signature is different too. The way that they beam out, look, the coloring is and the what happens is different. Different than what? Than the when the Federation transporters transport people. Oh yeah, sure. Well, it's, it's green. Well, yeah. <laughs> this is where we learn Guinan's story of the her people being eliminated, right? Yeah. Okay. Should we sit quietly and watch Whoopi Goldberg? <laughs> yes, that's what we're out, doing. Of, out of respect. And a, in, a, in a classic podcast move, yeah. they everyone stop talking, stopped talking for, five for a minute and a half <laughs> just to watch Whoopi Goldberg act. I mean, she's captivating as hell. She's pretty good. There's a reason she's famous. She's pretty good. 
one thing I'll say about my reaction was like I think it's cute that like you know their their you know initial impulse is to like do the traditional first contact thing and like let's understand them and it's like oh they're being aggressive but it's just a misunderstanding and we can we can reason with them uh-huh and, and everybody has everybody like you know anybody who's seen any of it before and and Guinan and whoever else they're yeah. everybody's like no no <laughs> like doesn't work that way it's, yeah, it's cool. They approach it in a very Starfleety way before realizing well, that's he, not going to work. Yeah, Guinan warned Picard. Do you think it was a good idea that he was like, since we're here, let's check it out? Do you think that was a good move? Yeah, she was just like, yeah, we should just start running now. But sometimes. <laughs> Her advice was, we got to go. Yeah. 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 And Troy can somehow understand that they're like set up. She's mind reading them or whatever. She's empathizing. Because she understands what their deal is. She's like, they're all hooked together. Right. Yeah, they're not controlling those. Aaron, what's your favorite band? Band? Yeah, like a favorite band. Ooh. Well, I know you like the Beatles a lot. Yeah, I was I went through a pretty serious Depeche Mode phase. Well, who didn't? <laughs> I saw they just got into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Uh, yes, that was well deserved. So, I mean, from my youth, those would be pretty up there. But it's a good choice. Sean's I know already. Sean, what's your favorite band? They might be giants. Oh yeah. I I figured that out when you named one of your children after a they might be giants. <laughs> that did that give it away? Your your son might be uh, <laughs> named after they might be giants. Right. Exactly. Uh, Jake, do you have a favorite band? Uh as a young adult, my, my favorite band was always Smashing Pumpkins. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, they, they, they were one of those bands, though, that like shined very brightly, but for a short period of time. They, you know Smashing what I mean? Pumpkins? Yeah. Don't you feel like they were huge for like three <sighs> years? Yeah, but they kind of lingered forever. He went on to make another band, right? He did like well. He's they're still tour. They're still doing Smashing Pumpkins. I mean, the roster has changed. But Billy Corgan like famously like recorded all the instruments on the albums and is a bit of a is a bit of a pill right. <laughs> in general. <laughs> like he seems like not a lot of fun to be. Yeah, but I I do enjoy the hell out of him as an artist. Yeah, yeah sure. Yeah. yeah, I love, I mean, when they were big and everyone was listening, I mean, you know, I loved those, those, uh, those two albums. <laughs> I remember once at a karaoke party, I saw Jake sing uh, Disarmed. Oh, yeah. I think that, isn't that what it's called? Disarmed. Yeah, that's one of the songs. I knew Yeah. And I thought that was the strangest thing that someone would do smashing <laughs> pumpkins at a karaoke bar. Yeah, it's pretty strange. That's your general vibe. <laughs> I should have I should have done today. That's what you're saying. <laughs> right. Exactly. 
Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. I actually dragged I dragged May to a concert a couple of years ago. Yep. A Smashing Pumpkins concert. Sure. Uh huh. It was great. It, he yeah. Had, they sound good. Had, it was. He had James Eha, who was like the original guitarist, and he had Jimmy Chamberlain, who I think may be the most popular person in the band and most beloved person in the band. Like both as a person and like as a musician, like the one who's not an asshole. Yeah. Yeah. He he like famously had like of them all the worst problem with drugs for a long time, but he has since gotten clean. Oh, your voice just got so much better. Oh yeah. Sorry. I leaned in. I won't do that. No, you should stay leaned in. (laughs) That's how we hear you. It was good. Yeah. Don't lean out. Lean in. Listen lean to in, girl. what's her face from space. <laughs> yeah. I like how the chair is like vibrating when he leaves. May, I know you're more of a Broadway person than a band person, but do you have a favorite band? Um when I was growing up, my go to band was Hanson. Sure. I cool. you know, I went Instead of going full, just like pop boy band, I was like, no, no, no. The I'm going with Hanson because they write their own songs, they play their own instruments, so they are respectable. Yeah, they're not Man, just spoken like a true Hanson fan. Let me tell you, yeah, That's exactly what I would expect a Hanson fan to say. Right? Yeah, they don't just prance around doing poppy songs. They don't you know, prance at all. Those three, they didn't prance at all. They no, create. they stood behind their instruments. They yeah, write their not. own songs, they play their own instruments, and they have sex with their own brothers. And there's just no like prancing. <laughs> Incorrect. They oh. have sex with their same No, they're like wives. Christian. They're like all good Christian boys. Yeah, because like, they're no. super Christian. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Which I found out much later. No, I definitely had a problem with them. They all had very, they all went on to very heterosexual lives. I'm pretty yes, sure. Yes, yes. I think, I mean, I think the oldest one who was, who was around my age had like probably a kid two years into their career. And I was just like, wait, what? You're like barely an adult. Uh, yeah. So that was, uh, that was while I was young. Uh-huh. Now, nowadays it's more like, Divas, you know, your Beyonce, your Lizzo, like, yeah, oh, solo artists, yeah. I've, I've, I've been enjoying the, the BTS though. My sister's super into BTS, and I, whenever they come on, I watch them and I'm just like, oh, this is entertaining, yeah. Um, I also really like uh, Chloe and Hallie, the two sisters, they're, they're really, they're, their music's very interesting. It's like, it's like RB. But with that kind of like a princey electronic modern twist, kind of a little techno mixed with R and B type sound. You guys know who they are, Chloe and Halle? Yeah, no. uh, I've I've seen the name. I don't know the music. I have seen Grownish. <laughs> no, I. You okay. have to remember, May, that we're old men, <laughs> and so okay. our knowledge of young hip hop. R&B very limited. It's pretty limited. I'm not listening to new stuff. <laughs> well, I, used to know, I used to know what was going on. I still kind of know what's going on, but Chloe and Allie are not, I'm not, I was yeah. not aware of. 
We watched uh, the iHeartRadio festival. It was on the other night. Uh-huh. And uh, I was like, uh-oh. I'm going to not know half of these people. But we actually knew a majority of them. Because it was like Alicia Keys and Bon Jovi. Sure. And people BTS. who are in their 50s. I've heard of Bon Jovi. <laughs> I listen to a lot of M83. I'm super into them for some reason. Yeah. Okay. I think that kind of makes sense. Oh, yeah. What I thought you, Foo Fighters were good on SNL the other night. Foo Fighters, uh, were, good. That, Foo Fighters were good. That first song was terrible. I'm talking about the their, second one. Yeah, that was good. But the, their new song is terrible. Oh. And I was watching that, and I'm going... And I just felt bad for Dave Grohl. I said, you were in Nirvana, dude. And now you're singing this crap. What about... That's how I feel about every... in his grave. That's how I feel about every Foo Fighters song ever. Uh, I don't agree with you on that. I I think there are good Foo Fighters songs. That second song I thought was kind of appropriate for the... Sure, it was of the moment especially. That yeah. song, that it meant a lot. I thought he, he went on a, a little too long song. before they kicked in. They could have kicked in, yes. yes, first chorus instead of waiting to the fucking third verse. I'm going, come on, yeah. You know you can sing this song slow, Dave. Get over yourself. But, yeah, like okay, like we're starting. Songs. We're starting ethereal. I was like, come on, Foo Fighters, you ain't Coldplay. Yeah, I mean, I was like, I liked the idea because I knew they were going to kick in at some point in time because that song is normally played upbeat. Yeah. And I'm going, I know that but they waited way too long to kick in. <sighs> and so it was, but I disagree. I think there are some good Foo Fighters songs. I think the Foo Fighters are, and no offense to any of the members of the Foo Fighters, but I think they are sort of the epitome of manufactured corporate dad rock, like that's designed to be appealing without being dangerous in any way. That is I think, certainly what they have become. I don't I necessarily think Kurt Cobain would throw up if he heard. Borg baby. Borg baby. Take Borg that, the baby. child. Okay, that's Borg good. I'm glad we had a Borg baby before I started ranting about Foo Fighters for 20 minutes. Because <laughs> I'm capable of it, and no one would like it. <laughs> well, when I participated in the National Air Guitar Championship, I did uh, Everlong as the song I performed to. So. Mm. Interesting, interesting. Yep. And I remember that. Scene, uh, what's his name? Uh from Rage Against the Machine. Tom Morello. Morello. That that was the best choice of all the songs that night. Damn. That was feedback to you? Yep. Well, okay. That's pretty I mean, that's kind of like winning right there. Uh, I felt like there was no better thing that happened that night than that fact. Yeah, that's awesome. (laughs) Now they're finally taking Guinan's suggestion and being like, let's get the hell out of you. Bounce, baby, yeah, bounce. Let's go. We already, we already, you draw the line. We already missed it, but I like that shot of them cutting a hole in the ship. And oh, pulling. did that happen already? That was yeah. awesome. It's a yeah. cool effect, like watching that, like 
spiral, you know, corkscrew chunk of the ship. The one thing that would have made it better if you saw little Starfleet guys like floating falling out. out. Yeah, you should have seen little dudes like (laughs) flying off into space. Sucking out into space. Because they killed, drug. like, they killed, he killed, the Borg killed a bunch of people, right? Yeah, when they, it was like 20 some people. 18, is that what it was? Yeah. I believe so. So, we so now about they're like, great get on the run. <laughs> this episode won two Emmys. Yeah. Uh, both for, in sound, sound mixing and sound editing in a drama series. Good thing I, I heard it, so. Yeah, <laughs> good thing well, we're listening in. For budget. I have not seen this episode in a long time, but I remember it. Uh, it's vividly, you know, it yes, makes an impression course. this episode, especially yeah, if you it's were. A great episode. Oh, that reveal. He was yeah. in the background the whole time. Yeah. This starts. Uh, is this the first time he wears the Starfleet outfit? Because he starts wearing it all the time. No, I think he wore it in the first episode. There's an episode where Picard's like, how dare you wear that? Like, yeah. you, know, you have that to wear that outfit. One of the year. I don't know if it's the first one or the second one. I liked it better when they made him wear like Toreador outfits. Yes, when he would show up in Napoleon <laughs> garb. Yeah. yeah, he was easier to spot. The costume department was to, must have been like, could like, we want to do that? Him, could we just put him in a regular? Uniform? We've got all these fucking red shirt uniforms. Just put him in one of those. Uh. Aaron, there's one where Q makes them go to Robin Hood time and pretend they all have to pretend to be Robin Hood and his, you know, merry crew. Uh, oh. And they all wear the like That's standard right. Robin Morph Hood episode. Robin Hood gear, but... It's very funny. It's a really good episode. What's the name of that episode? Uh, I forget. They all have, the, they all have, have the letter Q, Q in them. If it's there. I forget. I could look it up, but I'm not gonna. That's cool. I just figured it might be clever. So what f- was your very first concert? Like real, like, you know, like a rock and roll or pop concert, not just like, you know, some kids concert, Raffi or somebody like Are that. Are you asking me? I'm asking the room. I will start. Uh, go ahead. Paul McCartney. Yeah, that's a good one. How old? Nine. Wow. Did you know who he was at the time? What's that? Did you know who he was at at the time? Uh, He was... Listened to Beatles stuff and his stuff before that? Yeah. 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 I'm trying to think if at nine I would have known who the Beatles were. We had records. I think I was, like, geared up for it because my sister worked... In conjunction with it, so that's why we went. Um, yeah, you said so that's you already, you already had that connection to him. So he, you know, yeah, that was already going on. Sure. So I think that also put it on the map. And then we had records around. So sure. I just sort of like, how much older is your sister than you? Uh, eighteen years older. Oh wow! Mm-hmm. Yeah, I didn't realize it was that big of a gap. <laughs> uh, with that sister, it is. Yeah, I have mm-hmm. two sisters. <laughs> Okay, good answer. Solid. Yeah, so that made its mark. I think because I got to see live and then I had the records, it, that's what kind of planted the seed for me to be a big Beatles. You no know, there's so much to listen to. So yeah. kept me sometimes, busy. Sometimes the answer to these questions is embarrassing, but yours is highly respectable. 
I was into the music my folks were into, and luckily, you know, we had the records around. So yeah, I didn't do as much of the teeny bopper stuff. My sister did. She saw like you know, new edition, Bobby Brown, kind of stuff like that. But I, I only went to like the sort of classic. You went to real music concerts. Yeah, <laughs> I understand. You don't have to be snobby about it. It's fine. <laughs> Jake, do you remember what your first real concert was? <sighs> I don't. I don't really remember. I haven't been to that many. I remember going in college to like Wango Tango, which was like yeah, you know, the concert that like, sure. Kiss maybe puts on yeah. Kiss FM. Kiss, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. So it was a bunch of different. You saw a bunch of different. Yeah. So I just saw like stars. I saw like No Doubt there. Yeah. As like the headliner. Michelle Branch and Vertical Horizon. Oh. <laughs> wow, you're really pinning it down to a very specific, very specific year. year. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That's how those work, right? <laughs> uh, I feel like yeah. I know exactly. Feeling the you. pulse of the times. 2002. Tango Tango. Oh, that's funny. Uh, May, do you did you where do you remember going to con- did you go to concerts when you were a kid? Well, my dad actually used to play music. Like he was in a band where they like played Hawaiian music. Uh-huh. So they would play like festivals and stuff and we would go to those things. Um, but my first like concert where it's just like we went to just watch was a Hawaiian band called the Casimero Brothers. And I was really young. Like I was like 12. And I don't remember actually like asking to go, but they just like took me because yeah, I yeah. learned all their songs. Mm-hmm. Um but the first one that I went to that was like, take me to this was Hanson. <laughs> Good for okay. you. So yeah. I like yeah. it when the I like when the best favorite band and first concert question have the same answer. Right. Aaron had Paul McCartney and the Beatles, and you had Hanson and Hanson. So this is going <laughs> well. Yep. They did a they did a acoustic version of Umbop. That made me break into sobs. <laughs> uh, I'm so happy that you have that. Like that is like such a classic, like 12 year old thing to experience. Yeah, it's one of those things where you're just like I don't know why I'm reacting like this, but it's happening, and I'm yeah. going with it. Go with it. Uh, so so full of hormones. Yeah. yeah. No, that's adorable. I wasn't laughing because I thought it was funny. I was laughing because no, it was like, charming. Jealous. I, I was laughing because it was it's funny. Uh, Sean, I think, and I have the same answer to this question. If I'm uh, yeah, I mean that that that's what I usually say is Miami Sound Machine. Miami Sound Machine. That, I remember. Favorite. I remember going to that, but I I think back and it's like I did like some concert type things but they weren't i would say that's my first like real concert at like a real concert venue yeah because i saw when i was in that because that was like when i was like 13 i think when i was 12 or 13 yeah but when i was like 10 uh i was at the at um disneyland on there because i share a birthday with disneyland and I'm exactly 20 years younger than them, so sometimes they have big birthday celebrations, and they were having like a 24-hour pass. And I saw an emotion, you know, an emotion. Uh huh. <laughs> At the old, remember how Disneyland used to have a dance party 
area oh, called yeah. Videopolis. Yeah. Yeah. They, they performed. They, they performed at Videopolis. No, no, not Tomorrowland. Not Wasn't the, it in the raising, Not the raising stage. It was off behind Small World. Oh, I don't remember that. They, they decided anyway. sometime in the mid '80s. They decided that Disneyland needed a nightly dance studio, like for k- party. kids club. A kids Everyone, club. Yeah, that back then. Well, anyways, <laughs> we just learned about that watching like the Imagineer story. They talk about it in the Imagineering story. Yeah, the Videoopolis. <laughs> but I also saw the Beach Boys at like a water park <laughs> the, oh that's, well, that's I, I didn't think that counted either so that's why i count miami sound machine oh, the irvine that makes, that it makes me sad that the beach boys were playing water parks yeah it was like <laughs> you know other than obviously brian but it was everybody else like yeah, it was mike love was there and, <laughs> yeah well yeah, I mean the Beach Boys. You could do, yeah. You could you could do a whole podcast just on the the craziness, the story yeah. of the Beach Boys, and it would take you years to cover it all because, so <laughs> uh, just the lawsuits alone, you could spend yeah. a year just figuring out who was suing who for the right to call themselves the Beach Boys. Right. I'm gonna guess because I just googled Vertical Horizon that that Wango Tango was in 1999. Or 2000, uh, maybe. You could be right on the money. Sounds good. Because that was when Vertical Horizons hit song, Everything You Want, was uh, was popular. Big hit. Yeah, mine was Miami Sound Machine. I went with my mom because she liked Miami Sound Machine. And uh, Where did you see him? In Fresno at the, oh, the, the Cell and Arena or whatever it's, it was like, called. It's like... Um, like right at the beginning of them when Congo, like that area, or later yeah, on. Yeah, no, it was like Congo and one, two, three, four. Yeah, Come yeah. On, baby. It's probably, uh, I it bet was it was that, the same. It was I bet it was the same tour. Might have been. Yeah, could very easily could have been because if they came to Fresno, they probably came to Baker or, or. No, they were. We actually saw them at the Irvine Meadows. Oh. But well, they went that theory. Hey, the episode. Guys, yeah, that was a great. <laughs> so one. it's a great episode. We started. We we spent some time on Star Trek, and then we diverged. Yeah, as we do, like two really. You got any? Uh, what's that game we play these days? I have some of that. Do yeah, you do- yeah. Let's do that. Um, does do we have rec? Does we, do we want to do recommendations before everyone listen to Miami Sound Machine? They're great. They're great. I used to be embarrassed by that answer. I used to be sort of like, yeah, I went to a cheesy pop concert for my first concert. Now I'm like, those songs slap. Like, that's, I love Miami Sound Machine. <laughs> I was listening to them the other day while I was doing the dishes, and I was like, this doesn't suck. Why was I embarrassed by this? Do you want to play Only Connect? Is that what you're saying? Yes. Yeah, do this. All right. Um, I have a couple of Only Connects to play. While you're loading that up, I'm going to ask a stupid question. Was Gloria Estefan that was she was in that before she went solo, correct? Or am I yeah, that's yes. Okay. I I okay. think it was maybe called Gloria Estefan and Miami Sound Machine. Okay. I just started they were just a little younger, Miami I Sound Machine. As a solo artist, so I was just double checking because I thought no, that you're was... absolutely you're hundred percent. Okay. All right. And then she yeah. got and then she became famous and then they started calling it Gloria Estefan 
and Miami Sound Machine. Got it. And, and then, then she just off. became Gloria yeah. Stefan. And I know her more as the split off time. The best joke she told the concert that I saw, she said, how many people, they're like saying how she's bilingual, and she said, how many people here only speak Spanish? And a bunch of people cheered, and she said, you dumb shits. And how did you understand how I asked you? <laughs> <laughs> nice. So did you guys know that Gloria Stefan lives on an island in uh, in uh, in like Miami like a small there's these like there's this like complex of small islands and they all are sort of connected to each other but not really connected to the mainland and only famous people live on these islands so like and the reason I know this is because I was listening to some interview with Rosie O'Donnell where she was talking about how Gloria Stefan was her best friend. And I was like, how the fuck does Rosie O'Donnell <laughs> know Gloria Estefan? And it turns out they live next door like, to each other in these mansions on these like on these islands off the coast of Florida. And like Kanye has and Kim have one and Ellen DeGeneres has one. It's all these Famous people live on super these rich, famous people, super rich, famous people. And it's just like, oh, that's just hilarious to imagine Gloria Stefan and Rosie O'Donnell as next door neighbors. <laughs> you know, <laughs> like, OK, here's your first clue. All right. The second female Nobel laureate in science. Second female Nobel laureate in science. Yeah. Um, awards that have not been given yet. <laughs> no, but that's an excellent guess. That's a funny guess. Uh, awards that were with like retracted after they were awarded. Uh, no, but that's also a really good a- award. Coming up with that, clever ideas today, awards Jacob. Awards that were won by the same person again. Wow, Sean got it. <laughs> yeah. All right. What's Collective the second? Thinking. Uh, we wow, got that's you got it on the first clue. That's I'm so proud. It makes me so happy. The second clue was going to be the second Super Bowl. So the second female po- po- Nobel laureate was Marie Curie because she won once she for her physics as well, and, and once for chemistry. And she so she was she was both the first and the second winner. The second I, Super Bowl winners, both Sean, Packers. I would have gotten it on that one because they're both. But the Packers won the first two Super Bowls. They were oh. also the winners of the first. Got it. Um, third clue was second rule of Fight Club. Which is the same right. as the first. <laughs> <laughs> and the fourth clue would have been second identical twins genes. Because you're if you're an identical twin, you have the same genes as your twin. First. So those were all things that were the same as the first. You want another one? Sure. 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 Manufacturing gunpowder. Manufacturing gunpowder. Yep. Um uh, manufacturing gunpowder. Something that was done by hand that's not done by hand anymore. I think was it was it technological advancements that like remove distinguished us from the dark ages? No, although those are both those are both really good guesses. May's guess was good. <laughs> Want another clue? Sure. Roman mouthwash. Huh. I didn't get this one either. So were these I didn't get it until the fourth clue. Archaeological discoveries at Pompeii? No. Yeah. Another clue? Yep. Ready for another clue? Thickening wool. 
Thickening wool. Oh, these are all things that share an ingredient in common, like lye or something? Uh, you're so close. It's not lye. It's like, well, this is saltpeter. Um, yeah. What else is it? So there's a specific requirement for the making of all three. Something of these that goes into these, like... It, it, yep. Like, like, and, and we need to know the thing. Like it's animal, yep. animal fat or... Nope. Some sort of animal byproduct. Wait, what is it? Oh, you're being way too highbrow. Uh, I'm just thinking like hooves. What? Made from hooves? No, 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 no. It's just like something like charcoal or your fourth clue oh, is urine. marking territory. Yeah, urine. All, all things that urine is used for. Ah, huh. Is it still used in gun powder? I don't I doubt it. It's probably all synthetic now. Uh, like who's peeing the? Okay, like who's peeing? I'm the only the one that doesn't know what a Roman <laughs> mouthwash is. Apparently, they used like urine as a mouth. That's wash. not like a euphemism for a sex. No, no, it's not. On, not, like on <laughs> not on only connect. It's not. They're very proper. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good one. Maybe in some. Maybe in some dark. I gave him a Roman mouthwash last night. In some dark corner of the internet, you can find Roman mouthwash porn, but not on Only Connect. Uh, that's interesting. I didn't know. know. I didn't. I wouldn't. Would never have guessed that. You were so close. It's when you were like, they're all made with the same thing. Yeah. You just didn't yeah. pick. I, I was just thinking that if it was used as mouthwash, I would think of something like gritty to use as like a surfactant that would like uh-huh. scrape stuff away. You know. Huh. We'll do one more. I'm for it. One Lady, Ladybugs yellow is your first clue. Ladybugs yellow. Ladybugs. Is it the team name and uniform color from that one? Uh, from that so, movie with Rodney Dangerfield? Rodney no. Dangerfield movie. <laughs> is it the color of their eggs? No, but you're so close again. Color of their larva? No. Color of their oh, wings? No. What other fluids exist? Blood. Color it's of their the blood. color of their blood. That's it. Um, cockroach. Cockroach colorless. You absolutely would have gotten it on the third clue, which was Spock green. <laughs> <laughs> What's four? If that's the third one. The fourth clue is you red. Oh, uh, Spock uh, green, I think, is more obvious than you red. Yeah, but as the fourth clue in a sequence, you're going to get it right away if you haven't gotten it by Spock Green. I suppose there are theoretically people out there who don't know that Mr. Spock has green blood, but none of those people would ever be on Only Connect. <laughs> right. There's no way that anybody who's ever been on that show does not know that fact. Well, on uh, that Star Trek note, maybe we should end our Star Trek podcast. Star Trek way to end the show. Mr. Spock has green blood, you guys. Yeah. I don't know if you've heard about this, but Mm -hmm. it's a thing. And intellectuals who are good at this game would know that. So feel good about it. Yeah, I mean, I use nerd as a a word of affection. I don't want anybody to get the wrong idea. God forbid. I'm stealing clues from the game show from Britain so that we can do it on this show. That's how how nerdy I am. And whenever you suggest we should do it, we're all like, this is like the highlight of our night. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) 
get well, done with the episode so we can play connect it all. Yeah, we can play. Mm-hmm. Maybe that's yeah. all we should do on the just do connect alls all the entire all time. The podcast where all we do is play a game we do not have the rights to play. <laughs> yeah, the next the next time there's an episode where we all collectively know that it's like the the season's low point, let's just play this game instead. Yeah, Sounds okay. Good. Fair enough. Uh thank you all very much for listening to Warped. Go to iTunes, wherever you get your podcast, to rate, review, and subscribe. You can follow us on Instagram at Warped the Podcast and buy our merch on Instagram at Lunar underscore Flair, F-L-A-I-R. You can follow us on Twitter at Warped Track. You can follow me on Twitter at Host Warped. You can follow Min to learn about our Dungeons and & Dragons and Call of Cthulhu podcasts and live streams at Wet Maynard. And you can go to patreon.com slash warped. This is really the most important one because this is the only one where there's money involved. Yeah. Go to patreon.com slash warped, become a subscriber, get access to bonus material and additional episodes. Aaron, you want to take us out? I'm Aaron. I'm Sean. I'm Matt. I'm Jake. <laughs> I'm me. Thank you for saying goodbye. <laughs> Good night. <laughs> <laughs>